3: And welcome everyone to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio drama and a very special welcome back to my co-host, Mr. David Alt. Hello, David. I did indeed miss you so
4: much. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, Good morning, everyone. I love what you've done with the place as well. Yes. Uh, While while I was away. I appreciate that.
3: Has the Christmas spirit made its appearance in the
4: Alt household yet? Uh, not quite yet. It's it's getting a little bit colder. Uh, the fire's on, um, but uh, now we've got uh, my advent calendars. Though I've been opening those. I, I um, I've got a puzzle, an escape room advent calendar, which is a lot of fun. I have not uh, heard
3: of those. Can you explain for our listeners what that's like?
4: Wow. Well, basically, it's it's. It's a fairly sizable box but uh, it has the 24 doors in that you would expect for an advent calendar Lovely. and behind uh, and none the only door that's numbered is door number one because you get you open that and then you get clues to find out which one is door number two. And then from there, you go, and you're, you're piecing together this uh, big story. So it's, uh, it's oh, a lot of fun.
3: That sounds yeah. amazing. That sounds so much fun. We haven't got anything up in my household yet, uh, but my parents have jumped forward as we're having Early Ward Christmas next week, of course. Ah, but, of course, yes. So, I'm all thrilled for Christmas. I like the break after my master's. And so we're going to continue with our Christmas <laughs> theme as we complete our mini series and our alternate feature. We'll look into a Christmas special from another
4: show. Yes, that's right. And we'll begin with Phil Rickaby's St. Nick and the Big F-Up, episodes five and six, and Scarefighters 3 holiday special, Solitary Place of Residence, written by Max Brown and produced by Joe Wilkinson, all of which begins right here on the Sonic Society.
5: Welcome to chapter five of St. Nick and the Big F*** Up a holiday audio drama in six parts if you haven't heard the previous episodes i would strongly recommend that you start back at episode one you can find it on your favorite podcast app or at the website st nick and the big F-Up.com. i'm phil rickaby the writer and performer of st nick and the big up if you enjoy this audio drama please rate and review it at apple podcasts and make sure you subscribe on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and everywhere you get podcasts if you want to post about it on Twitter or Instagram, use the hashtag Ftop. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PhilRickeby, and my website is philrickeby.com. If you like this audio drama, please consider dropping some change in my virtual tip jar. You'll find a link in the show notes. And hang around for just a minute at the end of the episode for some important credits. I can remember a time before I hated Christmas, a time when it was good and wonderful and magical. It was a brief time because I was six when the bullying started. But there were a few years, maybe two, because everything before the age of three doesn't count because at that age you are too young. You haven't learned what's going on, haven't learned to be excited, haven't learned to anticipate. Age three is when it starts. The age when you first become aware that on this day, there are presents. It's the day that changes your life. It's the first time you are conscious of what is happening. Because after this, you remember. Now you know. Now all the talk of Santa Claus makes sense. And the next year, you feel real anticipation. Will it happen again? Will Santa Claus bring you toys? And then on Christmas morning, you come downstairs and you look under the tree and at the stockings and there are presents. It happened. It's real. (laughs) And then you're five and now you are really buzzing because it happened twice and you are paying really close attention to all the things that people say about Santa Claus because he is real and you want to know more. You want to know everything. And you tell everyone about all the things that you've heard, that you've learned about the North Pole, the sleigh, the reindeer, the elves. And you've seen him at the mall. You spoke to him. You told him what you wanted. You also sent him a letter, just in case. And then... When Christmas morning comes, you find the tree and the stockings and your heart is so full because there is magic in the world. There is joy. I wish I could have seen that with Ashley. But that's where it stops for me. Other kids have different experiences, but for me, there was no anticipation or joy in Christmas. Because after that, the kids found out about mom's little Santa Claus thing, and the bullying robbed me of any desire for Christmas things. I didn't want anything to do with Christmas or Santa Claus, and mom couldn't understand it. How could she? How could I explain it to her? She Couldn't understand the cruelty of children the way that I did. So I admit that I have looked at Jenny's Facebook pretty frequently, even though I know I shouldn't. I know it's not good for me. I know it keeps me in the past, keeps me from moving forward with my life, but I can't help it. Yes, it hurts, but... But I deserve that hurt. That hurt reminds me of what I did, how I ruined the best thing in my life. It reminds me that I am not a good person. And that must be true. A good person wouldn't say what I said to Preston and his mother. A good person wouldn't hate his own mother. So, by now you're wondering, why would a guy like me, who's hated Christmas for his whole life, end up putting on the red suit and being Santa at the mall with all the kids and parents and piss and vomit and shit? Why go through all that for something you hate? Well, Ashley is seven now, and, and I have never met her. But something happened that might change that, and I want to make things right. And if I'm going to do that, I have to learn to be less angry and bitter. And part of that is trying to come to terms with this Santa and Christmas thing. Because kids, regular kids, not like me, they love Christmas and Santa. So if I want to relate to my daughter, maybe I need to learn to like them too. So I went for the full immersion route. I would learn to like Christmas from the inside. I would become Santa. But I should have known I would fuck that up. It was inevitable. i fuck everything up eventually. But there was that one perfect moment. It was a Monday evening, and things were slow. Monday isn't usually a busy day, and so it was one of Santa Prime's days off. Now, a smart parent looking to avoid the lines would take their child to see Santa on a Monday, because, hey, no waiting. But Monday is an inconvenient day for a lot of people, so they don't. Others get a little snobby about what Santa they get their pictures with. If they have the choice of the real bearded full-time Santa or the fake bearded part-time Santa, a lot of people would rather the real beard. It does look a little better in pictures, but let's be honest, how often do you really dig out the previous year's Santa pictures? So it's Monday and it's just the end of November, so things aren't really busy. There are a few kids who've come through the line The mall isn't particularly busy because the Christmas rush hasn't really started. All the stores are going through the motions of Christmas, knowing that any real sales bump is at least a week away. But I'm doing my thing. I'm calling out to children and even adults. I've found it helpful to find adults who want to play along and wave at them. It also makes them spend more, apparently. I've essentially given up on there being any more kids tonight. When I hear a voice say, See Ashley? There he is! And I know that voice. I could never not know that voice. It's Jenny. And with her, that sight I have not seen outside of pictures on Facebook. My daughter... And she sees me and she starts to run towards me like she's been longing to see me her whole life. And for that moment, I forget who I am. I'm not Santa. I'm her father who hasn't seen her ever. And her running towards me and smiling like that is all I ever wanted. I get out of my chair and I get down on one knee as she runs into my arms. I hear the photo elf say, Uh, Santa? Santa? And I remember myself. I ho, 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 and I'm back on the throne, and my daughter is on my lap, and I'm going through my usual pattern, but I don't want it to end. I'm so close to the little girl I have wanted to know for so long, and she doesn't know it's me, and Jenny doesn't know it's me. To both of them, I'm just Santa. But this anonymity lets me have this moment with my daughter without the baggage of the past. My anonymity lets me have her whisper the things that she wants this year into my ear. And instead of telling her I'll do my best like I do to all the other children, I tell her if that's what she wants, it is what she will get. They get a picture with Santa, with me. And for once I'm smiling for real instead of just crinkling my eyes and letting the beard hide my mouth. No, this time it's the biggest smile I think I've ever smiled. And then it's over and Jenny and Ashley are gone. But she was here. My daughter. She was here with me and never knew it. And Santa needs to go feed his reindeer after that because I don't want anyone to see that I'm crying. that was Chapter 5 of St. Nick and the Big F*** Up. Remember to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and to let me know what you think using the hashtag St. Nick F*** Up. You will find Chapter 6 in one week. Music in this episode were excerpts from Krampus Workshop, Angels We've Heard on High, Wholesome, and There is Romance, all by Kevin McLeod and all released under a Creative Commons by Attribution license. Some sound effects in this episode were from Zapsplat.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next week for the final episode of St. Nick and the Big F*** Up. Welcome to the final chapter of St. Nick and the Big F*** Up, a holiday audio drama in six parts. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, you can find them on your favorite podcast app or at the website stnickandthebigfup.com. I'm Phil Rickaby, the writer and performer of St. Nick and the Big F*** Up. If you like this audio drama, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. If you want to post about it on Twitter or Instagram, use the hashtag St. Nick Up. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby, and my website is philrickaby.com. If you've enjoyed this audio play, consider dropping some change in my virtual tip jar. You'll find a link in the show notes. And hang around for just a minute at the end of the episode for some important credits. After the first time I left a box of gifts at Jenny's, I dropped off another box for Ashley. I did the same thing the next year, the year after that. I did it for three more years. And each year, I watched Facebook on Christmas Day to see how the gifts were received. And there are photos and a thank you to the mystery Santa. And just seeing the smile on that little girl's face. Is everything. And then last year something changes. This time her caption says. Thank you again for the gifts Saint Nick. And I know that she knows it's me. And I don't know how I should feel about that. But I know it means something. Because it wasn't followed by a stay away or anything like that. And that's when I decided to try and learn to love Christmas. Because there was hope. And then, just the other day, there's a, there's a post on Jenny's wall. It says, When you come this year, St. Nick, I wish you'd stay a little. I don't know what that means, but... I'm excited and scared. Because I haven't seen Jenny in person in years. And I'd, I'd never seen my daughter outside of the pictures posted on Facebook. But I knew I didn't actually have the nerve to follow through. At least... Until Ashley came to my castle. And that clinched it. I thought, this year... When I ring the doorbell, I'm not going to run away. And then today happened. I fucked up this Santa Claus gig. A gig I took to learn to love Christmas. Great job there, Nick. Just like always. It wasn't supposed to be like this. I was doing so well. Right to the last day without fucking it up. I wasn't even supposed to be working today. Christmas fucking Eve. And there I am, storming through the mall in my Santa suit, my wig and my beard on the floor of the castle, bloody and forgotten. And all around me are the last-minute shoppers, rushing, almost panicking to finish their lists as the minutes tick towards too late. And that reminds me of my father. I hadn't thought about Dad in years. Maybe it was seeing all the dads doing their last minute shopping, their faces a mask of annoyance at themselves for leaving it to the last minute again, combined with anger at all the other people who were doing the same damn thing, like my dad probably used to. That was my dad's habit, to leave his shopping to the last minute and do it all on Christmas Eve. It was just what he did. It was something he swore every year that he would never do again. But the next year would come and he'd be out there on Christmas Eve doing it all over again. Or so I've heard. That year, the year I was four, he was in the middle of his usual pattern, driving from one mall to the next when another car slammed into his. Like a lot of men of his day, Dad refused to wear a seatbelt, swearing that it was better to be thrown clear. And in this accident, he was. He went through the windshield, and his head smashed on the pavement. And he died there. I was asleep when the police came, so I didn't hear the news And Mom decided that she didn't want to ruin Christmas for me, so she decided not to tell me right away. So on Christmas morning, I woke up and had a normal Christmas, except that Dad wasn't there. Mom deflected all my questions about where Dad was and encouraged me to just play and have fun. She did tell me on the 26th, though, so I guess it's okay that Boxing Day was ruined as long as Christmas Day remained unsullied. And then mom erased him from our lives. Pictures were taken down. Photo albums were hidden away. And she never mentioned him again. I guess she just didn't want to be sad anymore. She just wanted us to be happy no matter what. So she erased him. People do what they have to to cope, I guess. After that, Mom became obsessed with Christmas and making sure that Christmas was a special time filled with nothing but joy. And she tried to stretch that season into as much of the year as she could. She clung to Christmas like a life raft. And that's when she started calling me her little Santa Claus. She didn't do it to hurt me, she did it to survive her grief. All this bitterness and anger born of something she did because of how much she was hurting and how much she just wanted to protect me. And I thanked her by hating her for it. I took this gig because I wanted to be worthy of my daughter. I wanted to be someone she could be proud of. I wanted to be a good person. If being Santa Claus has taught me anything, it's that everyone has the capacity for good. They just have to choose to use it. I watched children doing their best to be good, even if they didn't always succeed. And parents who had long forgotten their childhoods remember that Christmas morning feeling when Santa waved at them. I saw people believing in magic, the kind that made them want to be better people. And if all those people could do it, why not me? I, too, had the capacity for good, even though for a long time I didn't use it. I wallowed in my sadness. I pushed away everyone who might be good for me because I didn't deserve them, which just made me more miserable to be around and just plain miserable. But why should I be any different from them? What makes me different from them? Nothing. I just have to choose it. I have to take a first step. I'm still storming through the mall. I haven't got very far, and I'm still wearing the Santa suit. And I stop. A beardless Santa in the middle of a crowded mall on Christmas Eve who's just realized how much his mother loved him and how terrible he'd been to her. There's only one thing to do. It's something I should have done a long time ago. long time. Yeah, me too. Have you, have you been okay? No, no, I'm fine. I just, I just wanted to hear your voice. So it's Christmas Eve night. Tomorrow I will have Christmas dinner with my mother for the first time in I don't know how long. But tonight I'm standing on the porch at Jenny's house with a box of gifts like I have so many times before. I ring the doorbell but this time I don't run across the street. And I don't know what will happen but my heart is racing and I'm sweating even though it's cold out. And every fiber of my being is telling me to run away but I don't. Because Jenny asked the door opens and there they are mother and daughter and they're smiling and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And in that moment, the past is behind us and whatever the future brings, whatever happens now is new. They invite me inside. And I don't know what the future holds, but for right now, this is what I wanted and my heart is so full. And for the first time in a long time, it really is a merry Christmas. And that was the final chapter of St. Nick and the Big F*** Up. Thank you for listening. Remember to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think using the hashtag St. Nick Music in this episode were excerpts from Krampus Workshop, There Is Romance, Angels We Have Heard on High, and a Very Brady special, all from Kevin McLeod, all released under a Creative Commons by attribution license. Some sound effects in this episode were from
6: zapsplat.com. Well hello there, hope you're having a ball. I've got a merry little story I've never told you all. It was a tale I had just forgot for some reason, long before Spiderweb's castle. It was holiday season. So drink some hot chocolate and decorate the tree, get ready for a super seasonal Scare Fighter three. Good tidings, listeners. I'm sitting here by a roaring fire in my study. My tree is decorated, and I'm sipping some piping hot chocolate. Mmm. I've got about 100 marshmallows floating around in this bad boy. Just ordered some pizza from Domino's, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty holly jolly indeed. Ah, damn it. Spilled my cocoa. So many marshmallows melting into my lap. Is it wrong that this feels so right? It's like a hot tub for my pants. <laughs> this better be Domino's. Hello?
1: Hello, Samantha.
6: Who is this? Who do you think it is? Domino's Pizza? Guess again, Samantha. I'm not Samantha, I'm the narrator. And you've got the wrong number, pal. Gonna hang up now. I see. Look, I'm sure you're a nice person, but I'm waiting on a pizza. I'm comfortable enough in my sexuality to admit that you have a sexy voice. And I've just spilled what may as well be volcano lava in my inner thigh area. Gonna have to let you go.
2: Well, be safe and lock your doors. There's a killer on the loose in Creepsburg.
6: Yep, will do.
2: Especially lock your
5: sliding door in the kitchen. I let myself right in.
6: What was that? Hello? Huh. Okay. Okay might have a killer in the house. Well, I tell you what, listeners, let me just grab my old rifle over the mantle here and impart this delightful story upon you while I search for a potential murderer in my house. Now, let's see. It was a while ago when this happened. Our scare fighters, known as Team Sneakwolf, had just survived the encounter with the Headless Horseman. The temperature began to drop rapidly, and a heavy snow fell from the clouds above. They found themselves driving the scare van past stringed lights wrapped around the cozy homes of Creepsburg. They decided that evening to act as a neighborhood watch for any potential threats that might occur. They had absolutely no idea their protection would be questioned by a local child.
1: Make the with towels and broccoli, la 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 Tease the treason to be
2: floppy Blah, 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 blah Arada, slap, clap Brutus, are you ruining this song intentionally?
1: Nah, just doing my thing, Alistair I never really pick up song lyrics Songs, you know, they're about feel Lyrics are dumb
2: Okay, good use of the word broccoli Thanks, Orion
0: Orion, look The lights on the house are so beautiful I've never seen anything like it
2: I know, sis it's really something. And affordable, too. They probably went to Paul Mart. Always Paul Price's. Always and forever. At Paul Mart. Hell of a plug, man. Hell of a plug. Thanks, Brutus. You guys have never seen Christmas lights before?
0: It's a
2: long story. Oh, well, is there a shorter version? Our dad was a renowned scientist that went mad. We were kept in an underground testing facility. With the exception of getting to watch Saturday morning cartoons, Nick at Night, commercials, and a few other programs, we were challenged daily inside a chamber known as the Hazard Room. Very few survived the testing.
0: We spent years being molded into killing machines, but we somehow managed to keep our humanity intact, destroyed our father's evil army, and headed out into the world, vanquishing evil at every turn.
2: Holy cow. I had no idea you guys were carrying that on your shoulders. Eh, it's okay, man. It's a lot to unpack. Brutus, Five, did you six, hear that? Seven, pringle jail, pringle jail, pringle jail
1: lock. Stole me some chips and stole me some bits. Slap,
2: slap, and slap and slap, but it'll dop Was your childhood as terrible as those lyrics?
0: <laughs> Not even close.
2: Ah, one of our tires just exploded.
1: Someone shot at us. We're pulling over. What the hell? Nobody messes with the neighborhood watch. I'm getting out. Well, sir, you have my attention. Wipe that stupid smile off your face.
2: Brutus, it's just a snowman. Leave it alone.
1: It's possessed. Like that movie with Michael Keaton. He dies and comes back as a snowman dad. It won Best Picture that year. A
2: sweep, dude. A total fucking sweep. Won every category. The line between actual reality and what you want to be real is really colliding, Brutus.
0: Yeah, I guarantee that's not what's happening here.
2: Ah, screw it. I'm doing this. Mini-boss battle. Wish me luck. (laughs) Ugh, good luck, big guy. What do you guys got over here? Looks like the tire was shot out by... What are these?
0: Let me see. Hmm, this looks like some super high-grade BB gun ammunition.
7: That's weird. You're weird. Hey, who called me that? It was me! Look up here!
0: Up there in the window. Third story, to
2: the left.
7: Hey buddy, it's okay. We're with the neighborhood watch. Neighborhood this,
2: cat brain. Ow! Little brat just shot me. Uh, BB's lodged in between my knuckles.
7: I got more where that came from, cat brain. You know what? Cats are very intelligent creatures, so you're not offending me. This is my neighborhood to protect. Hey, we're on the same team here, kid. I'm more than just a kid. My name's Conway McKillingson. I'm eight years old, and I'm a boy genius extraordinaire. I like dinosaurs, and I can read. Oh,
1: big deal. Yeah, I can read too. And I like dinosaurs more than you. More than you! Hey guys, this snowman wasn't possessed.
7: I hate you! You ruined my snowman! Hey, guess what? I hate you! Where are your parents? They aren't here. They went on vacation. They forgot me.
0: It's gonna be okay. Guys, let's call the police. Conroy, you shouldn't be alone.
2: Yeah, I tried calling the cops earlier when we were at Brutus's workplace. The lines are crossed and redirecting all phone calls to Domino's Pizza. <laughs> Gotta love Domino's. Affordable deals and delicious meals. Wanna cheese it up, guys? You have the right to remain satisfied with your cheesy bread. Mmm, I'm getting hungry.
7: Hey, I don't need anybody's help. You guys are the ones with the flat tire. <sniffs> huh. And it just so happens I have a spare tire up here. You'll have to earn it. See if you can survive. Conroy McKillingson's House of Traps. Smell you later. Did he say House of Traps? Awesome. Uh,
0: all right, well, I'd say let's just climb up on the roof and enter a window, but it looks like Kid Conroy has iced down the entire outside of his house with water. We'd most likely slip off and break our necks.
2: Front door is off limits? Locked and definitely booby trapped. Look at that porch. Some of those wooden boards are just waiting to pop up and smack us in the face. Pathetic. You could cut him a little slack, Alistair. He's eight. No, I'm not going to do that. I have standards, and this is sloppy.
1: Guys! Outside window on the ground floor over here! Brutus, why are you taking off your shoes and socks? (laughs) Going full stealth mode so I don't make a sound.
0: He knows we're here, though,
2: Brutus. Dude,
1: why are you taking your
2: shirt off? I'm
1: gonna wrap around my fist and break the window for entry.
2: Actually, it's unlocked. The kid missed one. What is this, amateur hour? Let's just open the window, then.
1: Nah, nah. Already got my shirt off and wrapped. Stand back. Time to break on through to the other side.
2: Ha! Shameful Jim Morrison reference. I got called out yesterday. Now you're getting called out, buddy. Son of a bitch.
0: Meh. I didn't mind
2: it. Eh, me neither. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> so much for stealth mode.
1: Alright, everybody, follow the leader.
0: Uh, you, uh, gonna put your shirt back on?
1: No time, come on! Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, there's glass in my feet! It's a glass trap! Uh. Brutus, it's from the window you just broke. You created that trap. Uh little bastard is two steps ahead
2: of me. Ugh! Go around me! Go around me!
0: Through the kitchen door. Should take us up to the staircase right by the front entrance.
2: Guys, look over the door. He had a full paint bucket ready to spill on us, but the release on the trap didn't go off. Anyone else immensely underwhelmed? Okay, I got the glass out of my feet.
1: Ah, damn it! I'm covered in green paint! Ha ha!
7: You look like an unhealthy version of the Hulk with no definition. Solid burn, Conroy. First thing you've done right all night.
1: <laughs> Pretty good. Kid's got some fire in him. Oh shit! This sucks.
0: Third floor, guys. He's looking over the staircase.
2: Brick trap. Watch out! He's just throwing bricks down at us. It's not how traps work, Conroy. Whoa! He's throwing down paint buckets tied to the staircase. Duck and cover. I'll deflect him. Couple trick arrows should do the trick. How is all the paint
1: only landing on me? I'm getting greened here.
0: All
2: right. I'm making a run for it.
1: Orion
0: think your robot arms could boost me up to the third staircase?
2: You got it, sis. Alley-oop! Marble trap!
0: Whoa! whoa. Ugh, taken down by a
2: bunch of marbles.
0: Yep, this is a low moment.
2: Hey, you need a hand?
0: Yeah, thanks, Alistair. Oh, uh, look. We're under mistletoe.
2: Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. Hey, did you know mistletoe can be poisonous to cats?
0: Um, no, I didn't know that.
2: Oh yeah, sometimes it's the more you mistle, know.
0: Well, I know this much: you're perfect to me.
2: You doing a bad cat pun? That's kind of my thing.
0: Well, I knew you'd like it.
2: <laughs> Guilty.
0: Well, see if you like this.
2: Mistle.
4: Whoa.
7: Ugh, gross! You got cooties now, cat brain. I'm out of here. Uh, uh, zipline escape trap! That wasn't even a trap,
2: it's a getaway device. God, I can't stand this kid! Go
0: easy on him. His family forgot him. He's hurting.
2: You're right, let's try to reason with him. Hey, you guys find the spare tire for the van? No. No. You guys stop the kid? No.
1: Well, what the hell have you been doing up here? Nothing.
7: Hmm. Mm Hmm, too. I got the spare tire up here in my treehouse. Come and
2: get it! how do you get out there so fast? He rigged a zip line from the window and cut the line too so no one would follow. Pretty well done, kid. Let's climb out. Everyone grab some Christmas lights. We'll use them to rappel down.
0: Woohoo! That was so swat. I love Christmas lights.
2: Whoa, guys, there must be 50 snowmen
7: back here.
0: Did you build all these, Conroy? They're really well made. Why don't you come down and we'll try to call your folks?
7: The snow never left me.
2: Yikes. I feel a monologue coming on here.
7: It's been falling. Watching over me ever since my family left for Hawaii without me. But the snowmen. They're my new family. They keep me safe. They talk to me. They don't like you.
1: Possessed snowmen. I called this like hours ago.
6: The
0: snow. It's falling from the clouds holding the floating city up. Conroy, don't trust those things. The snow. It's evil. Snowmen. Snowmen.
2: Advance! Scatter! Flank him and we can stand a chance. Ah, they got knife hands. Little jerk uses parents' nice cookingware for these things.
5: Hey, yeah.
2: Hey, my robot arm's combo meter is finally back up. Let me clear the field.
0: Yeah! Nice. That worked.
2: Hold up. They're all forming something. That's one big ass snowman. He's powering up an ice blast. Watch out, Brutus. All green. Changing. Becoming. Powerful. What's
6: going
1: on? Dude,
2: a lot of that paint got in Brutus's mouth earlier. I'm pretty sure he's hallucinating and thinks he's got Hulk powers. BRUTUS SMASH!
0: Wow, I've never seen him fight so well. Does Brutus have super strength?
2: No, not at all. He just really believes he's the Hulk right now. My god.
7: This is amazing. Brutus. Done. You killed my Snow family! Now I... have nothing. Hello, Conroy? Mom? Conroy! Mom, you came back!
0: Of course I did, sweetie. I'm so sorry we left you. It's
7: okay, Mom. These people at the neighborhood watch kept me company.
0: Oh, well, thank you all.
7: Yeah, don't mention it, (laughs) ma'am.
0: Would you all like to come in for some hot chocolate? Uh, actually, yeah. That sounds great. Wonderful.
7: Give us the tire right now. No. You little. It's in the treehouse. It better be.
0: Everything okay over there?
7: Yeah, just peachy.
0: Oh, well, um, all right. Um, why is that large man covered in green paint, and why is his tongue stuck to our basketball post?
2: Oh, don't worry about him, Conroy's mom. He probably just thinks it's a big lollipop. Y'all go ahead inside. I'm going to hose Brutus down.
0: She's gonna flip when she sees the inside of the house. I know. Everything okay? <laughs> yeah. After you.
2: Oh, it's not candy.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm stuck, <laughs> guys. Happy <laughs> holidays, everyone. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows
6: everywhere. Oh, I'm cold. Well, guys, that about does it for our scarefighters. As for me, I found the man that broke into my home, and as it turns out, it was the pizza delivery guy. Yeah, I thought it'd be a funny joke. (laughs) Oh, no, no. It's hilarious. (laughs) Huh, who could that be? Hello?
1: Hey there, bud. Got a Domino's pizza here for you with uh, extra cheese and a 20-ounce Coke. But
6: if you're the pizza guy, then who's the guy? Hello, Mr. Narrator. Ah!
4: And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes for our features on the Sonic Society website at sonicsociety.org.
3: Until next week, when we'll have some probable claws to hear more audio drama.
4: Oh, dear, Jack. Yes, I'm David Alt.
3: And I'm Jack Ward, jingling all the way.
4: No.
3: holidays from all of us here at the Mutual Audio Network.